Well, it's so, so nice to uh, be here, and uh, thank you for your very kind welcome. Um, I don't know, uh, I guess a few of you have been here before, maybe some of you here for the very first time, but uh, uh, tell you what, why don't, why don't, if you feel like it, you might not be in the mood, but have a look at the person next to you. If you want to greet them, you can. If you don't like the look of them, just blank them, okay? Just say hello to one another. <laughs> just say hi. If you're feeling brave, you can say you're looking good. Okay, if you've made a new friend, a new best friend, there's more chance over tea and coffee to chat some more. So uh, please do stick around and have tea and coffee. Do you get biscuits as well here? Yeah. Nice, great church, great church. We don't do biscuits in our church, we're too tight for that. Um, so listen, it's so good to be here. As Dan mentioned, uh, for many, many years I lived in, in Glasgow. Some of you may know Glasgow. Who's been to Glasgow here? Has anybody visited Glasgow? I lived in one of the really rough bits of Glasgow called Bears Den. It's a really rough neighbourhood. You know, somebody's got to live there. And uh, the truth of it is, actually, I was deported uh, back to England. Uh, so... Um, but it's fantastic to be back, so moved a couple of years ago, but great to be back in Scotland and uh, to be with you. And uh, today, obviously, uh, you've seen it on, on the posters, on the screens. Uh, we're thinking a little bit about Alpha, and already the guys have said, uh, great notices, by the way. I, I love the line about being ugly. That's just amazing. <laughs> That's just so cool. Yeah, it wasn't a joke. No, oh, well. May the Lord heal your face, is what I can say. <laughs> I have faith for that. But we could give an appeal for anybody else who's ugly here. As they mentioned, there is a prayer time afterwards, so uh, whatever you like. Um, but, but obviously the guys have said uh, something about what's happening here locally with Alpha. I don't know if you know, some of you may think Alpha, Schmalpha, what, what's all that about? Um, but actually, it, it's amazing what's happening. Uh, 24 million people have now done the Alpha course. I think last year was the year before, I can't remember, 155,476 people did Alpha in the UK alone. Uh, and uh, if you were to, if you think about uh, the Premier League in England, the, uh, the Premiership, the football, uh, there's more people will be on an Alpha course this week than watch the Premier League live believe it or not. So if you think about all the stadiums, all the thousands of people. So if you're thinking maybe, you know, you might want to just check it out. You're not going to be alone. Uh, there's a lot of people have done it. All sorts of people have done it, actually. Famous people have, have done it, but uh, it runs in all sorts of settings. So I was chatting to Dan last night. I think the way there is going to be something running here, and we saw the slide about that uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, but also, it, it's, it's just a great thing. You know, you can get a laptop, sit in a coffee shop, uh, and then just watch a short uh, video, and then there's an opportunity to say, well, I, I, you know, I don't agree, or what about this, what about that? So it's really a very chilled out way of finding out more about the bigger questions of life. So I know they're running one here. I think they're going to be running in homes. There's also, I mean, it runs in universities, schools, workplaces. Uh, I think in the UK, over 80% of the prisons in the UK run alpha which looking at one of two of you up there, that could be relevant. <laughs> I wouldn't go upstairs if I were you guys. Sorry, just kidding, just kidding. So I do encourage you 
to do that. In fact, if we have the next slide up, Alpha is such a big thing, you can see it's even affecting the weather. <laughs> Just look at it for a moment. The Alpha thing's a question mark after trying to explain that. Just before you kind of flee out of this church, that is an older picture. There isn't like extreme weather on the way, and any minute now we're going to be snowed in here and we'll have to eat each other or anything like that. So it's not going to happen. But um, so, yeah, I do encourage you to, to consider going on Alpha. Now, this morning, um, what the church does here, if you're new to it, um, they have somebody come and speak and speak from something from the, the Bible. And I just want to pick up on one line really that Jesus Christ said when he was on the earth and it's from uh, Luke's account of Jesus' life and uh, Jesus was saying this about himself in Luke 7 and verse 34 Jesus Christ said this the son of man which is how Jesus referred to himself the son of man came eating and drinking and you say here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And uh, Jesus is referring here to actually the insults that were, were coming his way from people. And I, I just was kind of captured by this phrase that Jesus is the friend of sinners. And I'm going to spend a few moments thinking about that this morning. But just as we, we get into that... I, I know uh, Edinburgh is, is a fantastic city and uh, there's all sorts of exciting things to do. I have people like sport here. I absolutely adore sports. Uh, and I'm a cyclist, okay? Uh, I know cycling has become really, really trendy. Uh, it's kind of like the new golf now, isn't it? It's kind of, you know, <laughs> people used to, all the people with money used to do kind of golf and now it's kind of cycling, you know, spending a fortune on bikes. But I, I, I was a cyclist when it was really uncool, okay? back in the 1800s, you know, I'm so old. Uh, so I've been a cyclist for, for many, many years and I've done cycle racing and various bits and bobs like that. Now, I wonder, are, are there any, does anybody run here? Jog or run? Can you put your hands up in the air really high for me? Anybody do running? There's a few up there. Can't see other, any runners? Okay, one or two. Okay, you can put your hands down. I just want to make a point this morning that cycling is good Running is bad. <laughs> this is the whole of my talk, basically, Dan. You didn't expect this, but cycling because running's bad. Let me, let me just, if you're struggling with that phrase, let me just read a verse from the Bible to you. <laughs> the living word of God. Proverbs 28, verse 1 says this. A wicked person runs when no one is chasing them. <laughs> I have biblical justification. I don't just make throwaway comments. You can see on the screen there, you might not be able to read it, but just to confirm, as I was looking at this, I just happened to, I just browsed on the web, and here we have the Crawley, which is a place near where I live, Saint and Sinners Running Club. That's confirmation, isn't it? What more do we need? So again, there will be opportunity later to repent and turn from your wrong ways and get yourself down to a local cycle shop. But the wonderful thing about the verse that I read is that Jesus says this, he is a friend of sinners. So for you sinners who are runners, he's your friend, which is great news. Of course, I am joking about the running part. 
But it's good to take stock of our lives. And I think one of the things that certainly Alpha gives an opportunity to do, and maybe even coming here this morning, is just to pause and reflect and think about, actually, where does my life stand? Where am I going? What happens, not only in this life, but also in the next life? Life is short, and we've already had some really helpful uh, contributions this morning as we thought about that. It's good to take stock. And sin is a word that kind of sounds old-fashioned now, but actually it's so important to understand what it, what it really means. Again, looking, uh, looking around, I came across uh, a, a form of cosmetic. I don't know if you can put that slide up, guys. I don't know if you've ever come across this. Um, it's called uh, Sinful Colours. And their, their slogan is Colours You Crave at a Price That You Will Love. Now, I don't know how it affects you when you're looking at that slide, but it makes me the colours. It just makes me want to crave them more. I crave the colours. <laughs> so sinful. But that's kind of how it is now, isn't it? It's like, you know, you can get an ice cream and it's all sinful or, you know, it's almost like a bit tongue-in-cheek and a bit of a, a kind of joke thing. But what, what is, how does God define sin? Well, the Bible says actually that sin uh, is, is missing the mark. It's falling short. Um, it says that we've all fallen short. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's perfect standard. If you want to know what God's perfect standard is, let me recommend that you look at the life of Jesus Christ. If you want to know what the glory of God looks like, look at Jesus. And, and who, who God is is really revealed in Jesus. We've all fallen short. We've all sinned. We've all missed the mark. And sin is only, not only uh, doing things uh, wrong, things of, I suppose, sins of commission, things that we actually do. We tend to think, oh, if I do something wrong. But it's also sometimes things that we ought to do that we don't do. You know, a few years ago, I, um, uh, in a, in a uh, house that we lived in, I had on the back of the house, we had, I had a kind of... Um, an office come study. Well, it was a kind of shack type thing, if I'm honest, really. Office is a bit grand. But I used to work out there. And when we bought the house, um, it was um, a little kind of Victorian terraced house. And when we bought the house, uh, it had been owned by uh, an older lady. And sadly, she had died. Uh, but this older lady, I don't know how you would define her. She was obviously an animal lover. Um, yeah, I don't know if you get people like this in Edinburgh, but I, I guess she was like the local cat woman. I don't mean like, you know, some sort of superhero cat woman, but, you know, she, she just had obviously a passion for animals and would just feed every single cat in our neighbourhood. And what would happen, I noticed that, uh, obviously, the poor lady died and, uh, and we're in this situation where all the cats would kind of turn up, you know? <laughs> Come on, men. You know, where is it? They'd all be sitting down there in my garden saying, where is it? And, like, well, we didn't have a cat. I didn't know the first thing about cats or animals. So it's like, well, you know, sorry. Uh, and, and so this is pretty much the way it worked. They said, okay, you don't feed me, I poo in your garden. You know, <laughs> that was the deal that they struck up. They didn't consult me, but that's what happened. So I would sit in my office looking out. In one sense, it was a great privilege. I'd look down my garden, and I would just constantly 
day by day, minute by minute, see animals doing things that you don't want to focus on this early in the morning <laughs> in my garden. And it used to drive me absolutely nuts. You know, I, I used to just think about ways that I could kind of combat these, these animals. And I know, listen, if you're an animal lover, I'm sorry to say this, but I had bad thoughts, <laughs> sinful thoughts about what I would do to these animals. Anyway, I, I eventually, I bought a, a, a super soaker. Do you know what I mean? One of those, <laughs> you know, industrial, you know, hardcore kind of things. And, uh, and I used to kind of roam the garden, you know. <laughs> I didn't quite go as far as camo and, you know, face paint, but... Uh, yeah, and, and I remember on this one occasion, I was, uh, I was on patrol in my garden, and we had a big, long, kind of narrow garden, big, long garden, and I remember I was kind of wandering around down the end of the garden, and I noticed, as I got to the end of the garden, over the other side of the fence, there was a man urinating on my fence. So listen, not only have I got every cat in Sussex doing stuff in my garden. Now there's a guy urinating on my fence. So I'm, like, I'm just like outraged at this point. And I, I remember I went up to the end of the garden, I looked at him, outraged, and do you know what I did? I shot him. <laughs> I had my super soak and I went, take that. Shot him as he was in mid-flow. That's not good, is it? I was preparing a sermon at the time as well, I remember. <laughs> not good, not good. I think probably what I should have done was said, look, look, no, 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 why don't you come in and use our facilities? Or at very least, look, could you pee on next door's fence? <laughs> not shooting him. God defines sin as missing the mark. It's, it's actually, it's offensive to God. It's, it's not a joke. I mean, stick the next slide up. Another one that I came with. I love this picture. It's nothing to do with my talk, but what a great picture. <laughs> I mean, that's just... I don't even know if that's real. But Sinner, some of you probably know this, they, they make um, like snowboarding goggles and glasses and hats and all that kind of stuff. But their, their slogan, it's interesting, it says, Sinner as I am. Their corporate slogan is, there's a sinner in all of us, whether you like it or not. Are you brave enough today to actually admit that? Are you brave enough to look into the recesses of your heart and say, actually, do you know what? That is true. That actually, that I am a sinner. It's not just people that are incarcerated in prison or that have done war crimes, but actually, there's things that are in my life that are wrong. Okay, well, one sense, maybe this is confirming everything that you've thought about God. I was fascinated by, lovely to see Stu Kennedy uh, and, and what he said about his, his friend today and, and his view of God 
being a hard God. In fact, I was sitting there thinking, you know, so, you know, Stuart's having this conversation whilst beating this bloke up. You know, that's an interesting way of sharing God's love with somebody, isn't it? And I'm sure, look, if you're interested in finding out more, Stuart would be happy to beat you up and tell you about God. <laughs> Perhaps. But so many people view God as a hard person with a stick who doesn't care. It's just waiting for you to step out of line or if there is a, a good God. Look, maybe, maybe you've got questions. Like, I, 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 you know, like Stuart's friend, you know, God, if, if you're there, if you're so loving, why did my friend get killed on his motorbike? What, what about this? What about those bigger questions? And that's, that's why Alpha's so good. But you can listen to like that short talk on, uh, on, um, on a laptop or whatever. Uh, and yet it's going to be about uh, things to do with life and faith and, and Jesus. But at the end of it, you can say, do you know what? I think that's a load of blankety blank. You don't have to agree, but it's worth exploring. Do you know, I think the bigger question is this. Does God actually care? I came across a quote from an author uh, called Philip Yancey. And he said this, the question that lurks behind most of our issue with God is does God care? In Jesus, God gave us a face. And I can read directly in that face how God feels about people. God gave us a face. As I was getting ready to, to come up here, fly up here, I just, uh, I got my Bible and I was just thinking, you know what? That, that's what really changed it for me. That, that's why I, I, I am now a Christian. It's because I realised actually, asking that question, does God care? I realised in Jesus, God gave us a face. And, you know, a few years ago now, I, I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't interested in faith or religion, or at least I said I wasn't. My, my mum died when I was a teenager. And I remember at the time saying, look, I don't even believe there's a God now. She, was, she had faith, but I, I don't even believe there's a God. I remember saying to my girlfriend, because uh, she asked me about it, I said, I don't even believe there's a God. But I think, you know what, deep down, I think I did. But I wanted to know, does, does God care? And then I used to work for uh, um, a financial firm called Ernst & Young in the city of London. And I remember coming home on the London Underground, talking to two guys I got to know. And it turned out they were Christians. Do you know what the definition of a Christian is? It isn't somebody who helps old ladies across the road, even if they don't want to cross. <laughs> you know, it's not somebody who is nice. No, a definition of a Christian, according to what Jesus says in the Bible, is this. It's somebody that knows Jesus Christ and God, who has a personal relationship with God. And they just told me a little bit about their faith. And then they gave me a Bible. This is it. They gave me a Bible. At the time, it was new. It wasn't like, you know, if somebody gave you this, you wouldn't really want it, would you? You know, it's like, oh, thanks very much, you know. They gave me a Bible. I'd never read the Bible. And they said, look, why don't you read Luke's account of Jesus' life. That, I read just one line from it. Why don't you read about this guy, Jesus Christ, for yourself? And that's what I did. 
was quite analyst, analytical. I didn't want to be brainwashed. I thought, I'm going to find out for myself. And I started reading page after page. And what I saw was that God has given us a face in Jesus Christ. If you want to know what God is like, God isn't some sort of thing out there. Actually, no, you can know God by looking at this man who is God, Jesus Christ. Does God care? Yes, in God, uh, in Jesus, God gave us a face. And as I looked through here, I looked even just at a few things. You see Jesus reaching out to people in society that nobody was interested in. In his day, it was people that had infectious skin diseases called leprosy, terrible disease. And, and one man came to him and said, Jesus, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus didn't say, yeah, don't come too close. I'll do the prayer from here. What actually happened was he reaches out his hand and touches the untouchable and says, I am willing, be clean. It's all there in Luke's account of Jesus' life. Or the, the traitor to the nation at the time. If you think about who, who are the traitors to our nations and the way they're treated. A national traitor, somebody who collaborated with the Romans, a tax collector, Levi or Matthew. Actually written a book in the Bible now. Jesus said, come, come on. You might be rejected by your, your peers, your society, but come, follow me. I'll be your friend. I'll be a friend of a sinner. All the people gathering to him because he had power to change their lives. So many examples that we could look at. A widow who'd lost her son. And Jesus says to her, don't cry. Look, I, I, can, I, can, uh, I can wager that in this room today, there's going to be at least one person here and you feel like maybe your heart is absolutely broken. You know, there's one or two people in this congregation that I do know, and it's, it's lovely to see them again. But I know there's going to be probably at least a person here who's saying, God, you know, if you're there, I need help. And maybe for you, this is a word where Jesus said, look, don't cry. He's there for you. He's the friend of sinners. And for this lady... He touched the coffin that her dead son was in and the guy came back to life. God gave us a face in Jesus Christ. And in God's kingdom, there's no undesirables. Nobody's too far from him. Everybody is valuable. Again, Philip Yancey uh, said this. He said, instead of the message... No undesirables allowed. Jesus proclaimed, in God's kingdom, there are no undesirables. God knows no undesirables. That's good news, isn't it? That is good. That means everybody, within the sound of my voice, if you're listening to this on iTunes or, you know, if you're just here live today, do you know God loves you? He cares about you. If you don't remember anything from this morning... Walk through those doors knowing there's a God in heaven, Jesus Christ, who loves you and cares about you, irrespective of mistakes that you've made. He loves you and cares about you enough to die on a cross and be raised to new life. 
I know if you visited this church before, I know that we were chatting that there's a friend of mine, Adrian Holloway, has been to speak here. Some of you may remember him. And I remember hearing Adrian speak a number of years ago. And to illustrate this point, he got out a crisp £50 note. I don't know if he did this here, but he got a crisp £50 note out and held it up. And uh, he said, there's £50 here. And he says, it's worth £50 sterling. And then what he did was he got the notes and he crumpled it and he asked the question, how much is that worth? And of course the answer is 50 pounds. Then he got the 50 pound note, put it on the ground. It wasn't a nice carpeted stage like this. Um, he, he scrunched his foot on it, backwards and forwards. And so he picked it up and said, how much is it worth? Well, it's still worth 50 pounds. And then um, he screwed it up and put it in his mouth and chewed it. <laughs> Took it out opened it up. How much is that worth? Still worth 50 pounds. And then I remember he, he gave it to somebody in the congregation. <laughs> Not sure you'd want it. And if your life has been damaged, spoiled by other people, ruined by your own sin and mistakes, you are still worth something and valuable to God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say this morning? 50 pounds, still worth 50 pounds. So I don't want to be outdone by Adrian Holloway, so this morning I have two pence here. <laughs> and I'm willing to give that away to you because you play the guitar so nicely. <laughs> it's not even my 2p, it's Dan's. I asked him for it. <laughs> not very generous. Jesus is the friend of sinners. And what are the attributes of a friend? A friend sticks with you. In the book of Proverbs, it says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A friend is loyal. Proverbs says a friend loves at all times. A friend speaks the truth to you. And the proverb says, wounds from a sincere friend can be trusted. A friend picks you up when you fall. Ecclesiastes says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labour. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls who has no one to help them up. And a friend never leaves. Jesus Christ said this, the friend of sinners, and surely... I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And a friend lovingly lays down their life. In John 15, 13, Jesus said this, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I used to, um, I used to work for Alpha Scotland, some of you uh, Maybe no one sued the guys to work for Alpha. And when I lived in Glasgow, I used to fly uh, quite a lot um, down to London and to other places in the UK, sometimes overseas as well. And I remember on this one occasion, I was on a flight and uh, uh, got off at Gatwick. I was going from Glasgow to, to London for a meeting. And uh, as I was uh, uh, just, uh, I was actually flying home. Um, and uh, I remember I got to Gatwick on the train and there was this lady, a business lady, 
I assume she was a business lady. She was very smartly dressed, had a, a briefcase, and she, she was obviously in a desperate rush. But she was like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You've been to Gatwick Airport, it's very busy at the railway station. She's trying to get up, and, and off she went. Didn't even think anything more of it. I got up to the ticket barrier, went through the ticket barrier, and I heard all this commotion behind me. And I looked back, and it was this same lady, and she was at the ticket barrier still, and she had, um, and they have the, you know, like the extra ticket inspectors there, not just the normal kind of stuff. They, they have uh, roving kind of ticket inspectors. And she was having this kind of just quite emotional kind of thing, and you know, it was quite a scene. So I, I just kind of walked on, and, and I just felt, I think I need to go back. So I, I walked back, and I said to the lady, I said, are you okay? And she goes, they, they don't understand. They don't understand. I must get my flight, and I've lost my ticket. And I said, oh, right. And I said, well, look, why don't I sort it out, and you go and get your flight? And the ticket inspector lady said, you can't do that. I'm getting the police. And I said, no, 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 no. Don't get the police. I'll sort it out. She said, you can't do that. So I said to this woman, I said, you go, I'll sort it out. <laughs> so she ran off. Uh, I gave her my, my, my card, little alpha card thing. She, she ran off really grateful and went. And this woman, the, the uh, rail ticket inspector, said, you idiot. You idiot, why did you do that? And I said, well, look, you know, I'm a Christian and sometimes it's, you know, God loves people and, you know, she obviously needed to go. So I said, look, I'm, I'm willing to pay for the penalty fare for her. And uh, she said, oh, all right, then got the paperwork out. So that's 20 quid. I went, 20 quid? <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be that much. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> and, and I paid the fare. And I remember that she, she emailed me, just so grateful, saying, look, I'll give, I'll give the money. I said, look, don't, don't worry about the money. You know, if you want to give something, give, give it to a charity or something. I, you know, it's just great to be able to help, help somebody out. But you see, that's not uh, in some ways a great example, but actually that is what we're talking about today, that Jesus has done for each of us. You know, I've got to be honest, she didn't deserve to have me pay that. You know, I didn't know her in that sense. You know, it wasn't like I owed her a favour. But you see, God does know you. And you don't deserve to be forgiven. <laughs> you don't deserve to have him call you friend. But you know what? God loves you so much. And we're all in the same boat. That today he wants you to know that he will be your friend. You can be forgiven. And you can know him. Now look, we've, we've come to the end of, certainly of, of my talk. I know in a moment Dan's going to get up and just mention a bit more about those those cards that you've been given. Listen, I, I really want to encourage you to think about coming to just one Alpha evening. I wouldn't say, look, Alpha runs over a number of weeks. Fantastic. If you want to do the whole thing, do the whole thing. Just come once. Look, I chat to Dan. Apparently, they've got, you know, Olympic standards, desserts and puddings, you know, if there was an Olympic event for cake, desserts, and puddings, apparently Dan and King's Church are providing those on Alpha as well as coffee, refreshments, very chilled out. So, listen, my, my encouragement to you is just come. Just come for the cake. Come for the cake. 
then just say, look, where are the toilets? And then just go, <laughs> you know? Do you know, I, I have a friend, a uh, really good friend of mine down south, and uh, he was, uh, uh, at that time, I, I didn't know him, he, he was brought on alpha by a friend, he was uh, uh, at the time a removal man, young guy in his late teens, and he came on alpha, we did a, we did a Mexican night as our alpha launch, and we got into the whole thing. So we had, we had, uh, we had tortillas, we had tortillas as well. Uh, we, we just had the full works, you know, no expense spared. Uh, I know it's sad to say, but we, we kind of went down to the charity shops and we got like big sombreros and like big moustaches and we had like pistols and everything, you know. So I know it's a little bit sad, stereotyping, but, but we had this Mexican night and my friend Dan, and at the end of it, I just said, oh yeah, come to Alpha, and said a little bit about it. And he came on the Alpha course. After a few weeks, you know, um, he said to Jesus, Jesus, I want you to be my friend. Completely unchurched, not, not a Christian. And he invited Jesus to be his friend. He turned from his sin. He said, Jesus, forgive me. I want to know you. I want you to be my friend. And, and that's what happened. What I didn't know was that for the first three weeks of Alpha, he didn't eat the food because he thought it was drugged. <laughs> now, the interesting thing was that his background was he was into the whole nightclubbing scene and, and he was doing drugs. So he came on Alpha and didn't do the food because he thought it was drugged. I don't know that. How, do, how does that work? So listen, my encouragement is, come along, eat the dessert. It won't be drugged. Will it? It's not drugged. No. It won't be drugged, I promise. The biscuits here are, you know. In fact, when you leave, you say, must join King's Church. Must join King's Church. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not getting an invite back, am I, you know? This is the one and only time. But I, I, I encourage you, come on, what have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Listen, the other thing I want to do, just as I finish, is this. I want to give you an opportunity to say, Jesus, be my friend. So I just invite you now just to close your eyes, if you would. Because it's helpful just to concentrate. I'm going to pray a prayer and you can pray this prayer in your heart and you can invite Jesus to be your friend. It's a prayer just saying, I need forgiveness for the sin in my life. It's a prayer saying, I want to know you, God, through Jesus. I know you're the only way that I can be forgiven. Through your death on the cross, through your resurrection, I know that's the way that I can know God. So if you want to pray this prayer, you can just pray it in your heart. I'm going to say it line by line. You can just pray it in your heart after me. Dear Jesus, just pray in your heart. Thank you, you died on the cross. Thank you, you died for the things that I have done wrong, the sin in my life. I'm sorry for these things. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me and make me new. By the power of your spirit. Amen.